This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to More Than Amuse podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie. Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sadie. I don't know why I waited for everyone to respond. <laughs> no one. <laughs> like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> I know. Just like waits for three seconds. Gives you the chance to like say hi back to us wherever you are listening right now. <laughs> There you go. And then we can start asking questions and pretend that you responded. <laughs> like, what do you feel about that? And then we're like, good, that's really insightful. Thank you. I hated that when I was a kid. I hate it even more as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, everyone. Another week with More Than Amuse. We're happy you are here and listening. We are. We're so thrilled. And we have a really fun topic today. We do. Because with February comes Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to highlight couples that exist in the art world. But today we are talking about the bad couples or (laughs) the men in the relationships who just sucked and maybe took advantage of their wives and or girlfriends. Yes, because there is millions of stories and we're definitely Mm -hmm. not going to cover all of them at all like I don't even think we could touch on all of them and a lot of them are probably still unknown but I didn't want like the good couples to get overshadowed Mm -hmm. by the bad ones so we're just gonna do two different episodes so you can get a little bit of um some angry awful situations and then you can hear about like the good people that did a really good job yes so this first one will be all the bad couples and then later this month we'll highlight some good couples to restore your faith in men and relationships and love hopefully yes yeah hopefully (laughs) hopefully that that will be the goal yeah but this is like so because we're putting that in there this episode is definitely about men who like did not do such a great job Mm -hmm. that does not mean that there are men who like didn't do a great job because we'll obviously be talking about those later but just like that little disclaimer that this is not like a man hating episode that every single couple that's ever existed that we're both artists where like the women were undervalued it's just what we're talking about despite any future comments in this episode of me saying i hate men or i hate (laughs) (laughs) i don't actually hate men but oh boy these stories get my just get me very upset oh my gosh yeah it's just really sad it's more that I hate the structure that exists that Mm -hmm. overvalues a lot of the times men I think we're all a product of our society and this is definitely a monument to that (laughs) yes (laughs) if anything it just shows you how much sexism has existed throughout history and how it really really benefited Mm-hmm. males so it really did okay well should we just jump in to our topic then yeah or- let's do it and i guess like a trigger warning a lot of these are unhappy marriages so yeah um if that's gonna 
offend or bother you in any way, then maybe just skip this one and wait for the good examples. Yeah, these are very unhealthy, <laughs> not great relationships. Oh my so. gosh, yeah, they're bad. So, But I don't think there's any like abuse. Well, no, not no. really. Well, kind of, but like not like physical or yeah, like name calling. It's more just like abuse of power. Yeah. So. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, starting out, I wanted to highlight that there is actually a book with the same name as our podcast that I felt like we should shout out. We did not know that this book existed with this name when we created the podcast. So I, we definitely did not steal this name. So want that to be very clear yes we found it afterwards yeah we had a whole brainstorming session where this name came up and I mm-hmm. tried googling it like a million times and never found anything so yeah. so I think the book might have come out after we had already decided the name which mm-hmm. we had decided the name a long time before we actually started the podcast yeah so anyways but I thought it's cool because it talks about really exactly what this topic is um so it's more than a muse just like this podcast it's by mm-hmm. Katie McCabe and essentially, oh, the subtitle, it very much says what it is, but, oh, creative partnerships that sold talented women short is the subtitle. So, oh, that's such a good book. I know. <laughs> um, and from the basic, like from the introduction to the book or like the summarization on Amazon, it says this, and I'm just going to read it to kind of set the tone here. But she says, how many times have you seen a woman artist solely referred to as the wife, girlfriend, muse, or mistress of a man in the public eye? Throughout history, the achievements of women working across artistic disciplines, from visual artists to writers to filmmakers, have been largely undervalued with the title of genius reserved mainly for men. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're talking about. Yes. And I actually found a quote from a later article about someone else but I wanted to put it up here at the beginning too Mm -hmm. it said let's ensure all of the brilliant women in our midst get their due credit I think we've celebrated more than enough greedy men (laughs) and I love that I think it's very important to remember that that there is women who are getting overshadowed yeah absolutely and yeah actually to start off this podcast we're gonna kind of move outside of the realm of the arts very briefly (laughs) for a second and then we'll move back in um I just wanted to bring up the story of Albert Einstein's wife Maliva that I don't think anyone knows about and I certainly didn't until I ran across an article comparing Einstein and I think Tesla I'll have to make sure if I'm right then that will be in the next episode I'll talk briefly about Tesla and his wife okay cool But um, so to kind of like briefly tell their story, I'm going to try and sum it up. It's a really insane story. And I'll try to link the article that I found in the notes so that if anyone's interested in reading more about it, they can go and find it. It kind of goes into like everything about Mm -hmm. their relationship. But they actually met in classes together, which I'm assuming is college probably from what I read later. Yeah. And they actually had very very similar gpas but hers was 0.1 percent higher oh wow and then actually the thing that i found very interesting is she had the top mark of a five in applied physics while albert only had a one. Oh, which is crazy because of how much like einstein is like talked about and mm-hmm. with physics and everything 
And then she also excelled at experimental work, and he really struggled with it. Mm -hmm. However, their oral exam, which was graded by their professor, kind of opinion-based from what I could tell, he gave 11 out of 12s to four of the male students and only a 5 out of 12 to Maliva, which meant that she failed. So even though the rest of her marks were great because she couldn't pass her oral exam, she didn't get her degree. Only Albert did out of their relationship. What? which sounds awful anyway like what the heck yeah yeah so she went to school for all that time and actually didn't end up getting her her degree degree, even though like if you look at the individual scores she technically was doing better than albert einstein wow yep and his family was super against their relationship and didn't want them to get married Um, His mom really hated foreigners. They were mad that she was older. His dad wanted him to have a job before he got married. He didn't want him to be unemployed. So there was like all Mm. these barriers. Um, She also had a limp. Oh. So they were like, oh, she's crippled and old and all this stuff. Like pretty awful about it. So in order to kind of like move everything along, they worked together on an article, but it was signed only under Albert's name Mm. and there was actually several occasions that the article cited where they both referred to it as our article or our project in letters and in dialogue with other people but it was only recorded under Albert Einstein's name and this seems to be kind of like a weird thing that a lot of people are like well why but part of it, they think, is probably she wanted to help Albert make a name for himself so that he could find a job so that they could get married. Oh. <laughs> Which makes sense because if, like, being unemployed was preventing them from getting married, then this article could fix that. Yeah. And then also someone who spent 50 years researching her suggested that it might have been because a publication co-signed with a woman might have carried less weight, especially because she didn't, like, have her degree and everything. Mm. so even though she was smart enough and knew everything they she probably was also just like self-aware enough that it was like all right if i want to marry this man this needs to get you know be as successful as possible and realistically if i'm on there as a woman without a degree that might not help that happen yes and she like needed him to get as much credit for it as possible interesting yeah which super super sad and i feel like it kind of set up um a repeat process within their relationship yeah. Um, she actually ended up getting pregnant after they went on like a little lover's trip. <laughs> and because he was still unemployed, um, he wouldn't marry her. And so she tried to go back to school and get her degree again. Uh-huh. And basically all she had to do was go back and like retake her oral exam. Uh-huh. But they failed her again. And so that was like her last chance. And so she abandoned her plans and actually ended up fleeing the country for a short while and then came back to try and persuade him to marry her and he refused and it's actually super sad because the daughter had to have been given up for adoption but we don't have any records of her like no birth or death certificates at all wow (laughs) yeah so there's like this lost descendant of einstein out there too which is insane yeah but in 1905 albert einstein was actually credited with publishing five articles Um, which are like some of the most famous articles of his life. Um, One of them led to the 1921 Nobel Prize. One is the famous E equals MC squared one. Um, 
he also submitted a bunch of thesis on dimensions of uh, molecules and all sorts of things. But it's said multiple times as well that Albert went to bed for two weeks after finishing one of these papers. Mm -hmm. And Maliva checked it again and again and again and then mailed it for him. Mm. So she like proofread the entire thing and then sent it off and like submitted it for him. Um, And while they were traveling, their relatives made multiple comments on how late at night they would sit together and work on problems. And she had told someone before our departure, we finished an important scientific work, which will make my husband known around the world. So we finished, but then it will make my husband known. And then he said, I need my wife. She solves all of my mathematical problems. Wow. (laughs) So just like crazy. Someone actually questioned her choice not to include her name on like a very significant paper that they Mm -hmm. had been working on with them. And they said that she made a pun kind of saying like, why? The two of us are the same. Like we're one entity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like such a... It's such a cute thing to say about your spouse to be like, why? Well, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as he gets credit, I get credit. But yeah. everything that came after just makes that, like, so sad. That yeah. she, like, trusted him so much. And- well, because I just feel like, um, not to question, like, Albert Einstein's character here, but it's like, I, I feel like it wouldn't be the opposite. Where if she was publishing something, I don't feel like he would be like, well, it's okay that my name's not on it because mm-hmm. we're the same. Like, I just don't yeah. feel like that standard exists both ways of course not (laughs) (laughs) so um he went on a lecturing tour shortly after Uh and eight pages of his first lecture notes are in her handwriting Mm. and then there's also a letter from someone who wanted albert's opinion on something and the whole Mm. letter is in her handwriting as well so that kind of shows that like she had a hand in his work even after he was like more credited and famous yeah um she even commented to a friend that she really um was happy for her success but was worried that it would affect their marriage Mm. and even said what is there to say with notoriety one gets the pearl the other the shell so kind of just saying like yeah he's really famous now and really well known but like he has less time for me and like yeah like now I feel like were in danger of divorce, which is what happened. Um, Their marriage collapsed. Um, He asked for a divorce, and she agreed, and basically had a clause in the marriage, like a divorce agreement that said if he ever received the Nobel Prize, she would get the money. Oh, wow. Because you have to realize all their work that they did together and the one that he did eventually end up getting a Nobel Prize for mm-hmm. was joint. Like, it was a collaboration. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's actually super sad. So she was raising two sons alone. Um, one of them actually ended up developing schizophrenia and ended up having oh. to be institutionalized. And so she had tons of medical expenses And was, like, really struggling. And then um, Albert Einstein was really bad at sending his alimony. So (laughs) she really didn't have that much money coming in. And um, when the Nobel Prize was awarded, the money went to her. But he wrote in his will that the money was his son's inheritance. Mm. And she was like, no, 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 no. Heck no. 
yeah it's mine <laughs> like we agreed on this and then was like I'm gonna go tell everyone my contributions to your work if you don't make sure that I get this money yeah and I don't think that's selfish she was just trying to watch out for her family yeah <laughs> and like finally get something out of it but someone wrote to her oh Albert sent her like a letter and was like you made me laugh like nobody will ever pay attention to your words if the man that you had helped accomplish nothing important then no one would say anything so like just remain silent <laughs> like he was like that's what I advise you to do you should stay silent and she actually did she stayed quiet about it um she but she continued to talk to her family and especially her kids mm-hmm. about like her contributions contributions and what she did um her son would actually grow up and recount that he remembered even as a young child watching his parents up late in the evening working together at the kitchen table mm-hmm. um his son's first wife actually tried to publish the letter between them where he wow. basically was like yeah, you helped, but shut up about it. Yeah. And the Einstein estate executors said that they wanted to attempt to preserve the Einstein myth. Ugh. And so they wouldn't let them publish it. The Einstein myth? What does that mm-hmm. even... Oh, I hate that. Yeah, and they prevented any mentions of publications of her and her early work with Albert. And it's just awful. Like, it shows, like, how, like, I've never heard of her before this. And so it sucks to think that, like, a lot of these things that could be credited um, to maybe, like, her and not even, like, him, really. Because collaborations are very give and take. And who knows who really came up with it. um, That it sucks that she doesn't get any mentions at all. Until now when it's, like, finally coming to light. But then, like, it's a little bit She's not getting any benefits of that. Yeah. And there's a quote at the end of the article that said, She was the first person to recognize his talent. Without her, he would have never succeeded. She abandoned her own aspirations, happy to work with him and continue to his success, feeling that they were one unique entity. Once started, the process of signing their work under his unique name became impossible to reverse. She probably agreed to it since her own happiness depended on his success. Why did she remain silent? Being reserved and self-effaced, she did not seek honors or public attention. And as is always the case in close collaborations, the individual contributions are nearly impossible to disentangle. Oh, man. The reason I wanted to share this is because, like, Albert Einstein is... Albert Einstein. <laughs> yeah. Like a famous, like when people are really smart, they refer to him as like a little Einstein. And um, yeah. there was like a poster of him in like math classes or science classes growing up in school. And I feel like everyone's always talked about what a prodigy and how smart and that we owe all this stuff to him. And it just sucks that like finding out that there was this woman behind it that literally got screwed over and doesn't get any credit and I think that that's such a testament to every industry throughout history that there could be women hidden in every single accomplishment that we don't know about well and especially it's like the fact that he even said like 
just like, well, you never thought that without me, your ideas would have never gotten out. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's fine. But without her, you wouldn't have had the ideas, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you can't tell her like, and it's crazy that, that there's such an obvious moment of him silencing her. Mm-hmm. Like that's very clearly there. And it's like, cause part of me is like, why wasn't she more vocal? Why wasn't she this, 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 and this, and this. But I mean, with her husband, I mean, she had her sons her children who were you know she had to take care of and like especially when it's so ingrained I think in women's mind not to make a fuss you know mm-hmm. and to just be happy and oh man yeah. what an infuriating and story the part that's so sad to me is that it's like her happiness depended on his success Like, nothing could be more true. Like, she was barred from getting her degree, probably by a sexist professor. Yeah. Or maybe she was really bad at public speaking, but, like, joined the club. (laughs) And then, like, like he had to get a job. He had to be successful. Like, of course she's going to throw everything she possibly can into helping him. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, would I recommend ever doing that? No. If you contribute to something, make sure your name your is on that. It. Yeah. But I understand where coming from someone who was shy and more reserved, yeah. that she would help as much as she possibly could and then just be like, you know what? I trust him. We're in love. Like, he just needs as much credit as he can possibly get so that we can, like, be Start secure. Start our lives together. hmm Like, and it's crazy that, like, she was doing it all for him, but then once he got his success and fame it's like he wasn't willing to do that for her like yep ugh, it's just really really sad yeah and I thought it would be important to highlight because not everyone knows a lot of the artists we're about to talk about but Mm -hmm. everybody knows Einstein Einstein. (laughs) yeah (laughs) like you said like little Einstein literally from the time like that's just that's the thing that's like a phrase is Einstein and oh that's insane yeah, and it's just such a sad story. So, yeah, it definitely happens in every industry. Um, yes, not just the art. <laughs> yeah, like someone could seriously write an entire history book on women that were undervalued, by <laughs> overshadowed, their undervalued, or even just by other men that they worked with. Like True. it happens constantly. So, yeah. Ugh, sucks. Well, that was a great infuriating story to start this episode. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> we'll also be talking about Margaret Keene, but we're going to do a whole separate episode for that. Because there's just so much with this story. Yeah. That we can't just briefly <laughs> talk about it. It's an insane story. So, yeah, we'll do a whole separate episode for that. So wait for that one to yeah come out. for that one yeah. okay well this next person is francois guillot is that how you would say it or probably like guillot guillot i don't know oh because if it's, it's french. french yeah the t- they wouldn't have a t yeah okay well this is pablo picasso's girlfriend wife mm-hmm. i think girlfriend i think girlfriend i don't know if they ever got married Okay, I don't think they, they had did. kids together. Yeah, learning about her, like I said, I only have a couple bullet points here about her life and and their relationship, but I feel like eventually we need to do an entire episode because mm-hmm. what a crazy life. So this I got an I was reading an article, excuse me, where 
So the headline of this article was 13 famous artist couples, massive gender pay gaps. So essentially it took all of these famous couples and compared what the wife or the woman in the, you know, in this couple, what her highest paying painting was and then his. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think there was actually one couple where the woman actually made more than her husband. It was Frida Kahlo. Was it Frida Kahlo? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everyone else in this article it was the men make, man in the relationship making significantly more than, yeah. than, of course, their wife or their partner. So this is, you know, so Francois is a very <laughs> obvious... So, and of course with Picasso, obviously being, you know, Picasso, that gap is going to be even more. So this is coming directly from that article. So fun fact is that Picasso was 40 years older than her. Mm -hmm. So she was 21. He was 61, which is, you know, interesting enough. Yeah. And And to be honest, Picasso was kind of a, not a great fellow. Well, there was also this thing. Apparently, he he's quoted to say to her, for me, there are only two kind of women, goddesses and doormats. Yep. Which is... What a gem. What a gem. Goddesses <laughs> and doormats. Either you're putting them on an unattainable pedestal or mm. you're walking all over them. I love that. So as far as their discrepancy between pay, so his auction record of $179.3 million nah. in 2015 amounts to 258.1 times Guillaume's record of 695,000 for her painting sold in 2014. So thanks to his nearly untouchable prices, their absolute difference in price is far and away the largest at 178,669,000, which is oh insane. Oh my gosh. And also like I I just went to, and did a quick Google search on her of her of her because I don't know anything about her and she was Mm -hmm. a painter but the very first line in the Wikipedia article is that she is a French painter best known for her long stormy relationship with Pablo Picasso but of course you know Picasso isn't best known for his relationship with her oh of course not Picasso gets to be known by his art but she is known for her (sighs) relationship relationship with Picasso so fun. And it's not like she wasn't a great painter. Like she, her painting has gone for 695,000. Like that's not nothing. Like that's pretty yeah. significant. But, but compared it's to 179.3 million. <laughs> yeah. And then to say that oh well she's just best known for her relationship. And I'm like, great. Love that. Can you imagine if like cuz I know you and Jordan are in the same industry. But if you were yeah. and he got paid 179 million dollars <laughs> For a painting, and you turn around and only make six thousand nine hundred, well, six six hundred thousand, yeah, and then like everyone's just like, oh, well, that's normal, yeah, like, well, and then also <sighs> later in the Wikipedia article about her, so it says Gillo was already launched as an accomplished artist, notably in watercolors and ceramics. So she was already very accomplished as a painter before she met Picasso. But her professional career was eclipsed by her social celebrity. And when she split from Picasso, he discouraged galleries from buying her work, as well as he tried to block her memoir of that was called Life with Picasso. So even afterwards, he very successfully blocked, you know, galleries and things from hanging or displaying her work. 
And thank goodness she was at least able to get her memoir out. Yeah. Like, like ah. capitalize off of it a little bit. I know. That's so messed up. I know. Just yeah. Crazy. Picasso is an interesting fellow. If you ever want to dive into someone who is extremely famous, but also like very problematic, uh-huh. Picasso is a good, a good subject to study. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, I mean, obviously I don't know a lot about painting and that's made very clear to me where I was like, in my brief research of Francois, I was like, um, okay, so Pablo Picasso is the worst. Like, that's yeah, great. pretty much. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, I saw something recently that was like, we should get rid of all of the men that were bad or something or did horrible mm-hmm. things throughout history. And it was just kind of like, okay, there goes the art world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because especially during that time period, it was just very like party nature and everything. And the artists were like the free spirited bohemians. And so a lot of the times like they just, it didn't do the greatest things. Um, and that's kind of where the idea in my mind comes from of like sometimes you have to admire the legacy of the artwork and not necessarily yeah. the artist. And I think that's especially true with Picasso. Like we talked about, he is super famous. Um, and so it's more important to look at the art that he created and like what he produced and be like, well, at least he accomplished that and like mm-hmm. did that good in the world and kind of ignore the person (laughs) yeah no it's a really tricky thing of like do how do you separate the artist from the art when do you do that when is it at a certain point that it's kind of like not even worth it and you need to kind of reject it all together you know it's like yeah I've struggled with it because it's like when musicians come out like John Lennon for example like he Mm -hmm. wasn't really great to his children or his wife you know his first wife I believe I don't know the details so but you know but like at the same time like it's the Beatles like I love the Beatles and I can recognize that John Lennon was an amazing songwriter but like the song Imagine was he maybe a little hypocritical yeah yeah but it's a great song maybe what needs to happen is just when we teach about these people we don't sugarcoat it yes just be like yes he did a lot of great art or he wrote a lot of great songs but you know what he also kind of sucked yeah I think (laughs) here's why (laughs) that's a good point of it's like we can still talk about their artwork, but when we do so, let's not like put them as like a god, you know? Like, yeah. They're definitely still very flawed humans and sometimes really just really crappy humans, you know? Yes. And we can talk about that too. Yeah. Like I definitely learned about Pablo Picasso in school. No one ever mentioned Francois. Yeah. Joy. And I think that that's super sad because if what she's best known for is her relationship with Picasso. Awesome. She better be in every single conversation about Picasso then. Absolutely. So, yeah. Now I want to read her memoir. I wonder if it's I still know. Life with Picasso. I mean, it would be great if, like, horrible people were never famous, but that's kind oh, of asking yeah. too much. I wish karma <laughs> always worked out that way. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be great if no problematic people ever got money? Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad we live in this world. <laughs> yeah. Too bad we live in America. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. 
So this is an account that I actually found through an Instagram ad. I think Instagram is catching on to the fact that I'm following more and more <laughs> artists. So it's called the handle is Sister Golden Shop. And um, it's run by two sisters, Vicky and Brooke. Uh-huh. And kind of the thing behind it is it's these prints of art created entirely with nature. So like plants and like sand and like all sorts of stuff. Ooh. And then they take pictures of them and then recycle them back into like the world so they're not like glued or anything like they just arrange them like take a picture and then move on which is so crazy to me that they like don't tape or glue or anything these are super intricate they're designs they're really cool and then the photographs of it are amazing because it has like these flowers and seeds and like all sorts of stuff and it's like three-dimensional and then yeah you get to have like this really cool piece of art just like scrolling through and i'm like wow this is amazing i think they also sell like vintage rugs oh cool too which is kind of different and fun but i'm just in love with the plant collages they're so amazing so incredible so definitely go check them out it's sister golden Um, right yeah yeah sister golden And yeah, I did check out their website too, and it's really awesome. So it looks like they have a lot of home decor stuff for sale, and then they also sell her prints. So kind of a fun little location to find some cool stuff and also maybe pick up a print of some artwork. Yeah. Well, the artist that I'm going to spotlight today, she is a independent singer-songwriter. Her name is Heather Summer, and on Instagram, you can find her the artist Heather. Um, so I kind of came across her, I don't even know, like maybe six months ago. And I just think she is so cool. The music she makes is super awesome. She's completely independent. And like, I've heard her like talk about like kind of her journey and it pretty much just started her just being like, I want to write songs and just reaching out to people and, you know, just kind of figuring it out by herself but like she's been featured on like the new music friday playlists that they have on spotify has like 500 monthly 500,000 monthly listeners now whoa just really killing the game and Mm -hmm. she's a very good songwriter very good vocalist so if you're needing some good music some good pop songwriting it's heather summer and she's really good that's so cool go her i know All right, now back to the show. Kind of a fun little detour from this is I actually don't know if these next people had a horrible marriage. Yes. It's more that she was just like completely overshadowed by him in every way. Um, This is Lee Krasner. And then she was married to Jackson Pollock, um, who if you don't know a lot about art you've probably seen his stuff it's the splatter paintings oh yeah the really really large splatter paintings uh-huh. um that's his work i've actually seen a couple of his pieces in person they're super impressive if you look at a picture on them online you're just kind of like what a child could have done that but if you <laughs> see them in person they're like huge giant and like very layered and they're actually really cool but his wife does not get nearly enough credit. 
Um, uh, she still has like some notoriety, probably more than Francois did, uh-huh. for sure. Um, Lee Krasner does kind of have an established name for herself. Mm-hmm. But just her comparison to Pollock is depressing. <laughs> yeah. Especially with like a lot of factors that are taken into consideration. <laughs> well, from that same article of comparing, it they also had them in it. So his 2013 auction record is 58.3 million and hers is 5.4 million. So yeah. he is 10 times more than she is and I also said that apparently she was already established and and it was through her that Pollock met the critic and the theorist who became Pollock's biggest booster so because of her he was actually became like who he was in a way and then he just exponentially shot up there a woman helped a man and he did better and she didn't get any credit? What? That's weird. <laughs> How strange. That never yeah. happened before. <laughs> I was trying to find another article um, about her and I think it's somewhere in this one, but I didn't have time to look through the entire thing again. Um, but there is a article from The Observer or The Guardian. I don't know. Both are listed. Called uh-huh. Reframing Lee Krasner, the artist formerly known as Mrs. Pollock. And it's really great. It kind of goes into their entire relationship and a little bit more about that. Um, but one of the things I love is that it talked about how in their home, um, he had the giant studio, like the huge one that he would work in. Mm-hmm. And she had a little bedroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> and it wasn't until after he passed away that she moved into the studio. And a lot of people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're moving in there. And she was like, why not? Like, he's not using it. Yeah. (laughs) Which I kind of loved because she was like, "Uh, well, why not? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Oh, here it is. She says there was no point in letting it stand empty. It was spacious and had the best natural light. And yeah, like she was like, "Okay, well, I'll just start using it. Um, I also, when I wrote, I've talked a few times, I wrote a paper over the summer about like women in the traditional like, painting mm-hmm. and visual arts and kind of the different things that happened there. And I actually used Lee Krasner and Jackson Pollock as one of my examples. Mm-hmm. I created like this little um, visual that I can post on our Instagram, but I was compares- comparing um, two very, very similar works of art that they have. Um, cause their styles were very similar, like more so than probably a lot of the other art- artist couples. Okay. Um, Lee Krasner has a painting called The Eye is the First Circle in 1960. And Jackson Pollock has one, um, called Number Five in 1948. And I tried to find ones that were relatively close to the same years. Uh-huh. And also the same size. Um, and so kind of what I put is... Same process, same studio, and same style, which is very similar (laughs) and very true. They literally came out of the same studio. They had the same process. It was very similar styles. But Jackson Pollock sold for $140 million, while Lee Krasner's only sold for $11.7. Wow. So it's a $128.3 million difference. That's insane. From the same studio, like very similar paintings. So that kind of just goes to show that 
it happens like that all the time. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think they necessarily had an unhappy marriage. I know that he had a lot of problems and like drank a lot towards the end and was mm-hmm. like really bothered by his fame. But I don't think they like had a toxic relationship. Like where he was like trying to steal the fame or belittle her yeah. or anything. It just sucks that like his fame made it so that she was so the afterthought yeah like so overshadowed so completely ignored so with that more than a muse book i mentioned at the beginning i actually got the ebook like late last night and i was reading through it and this is like just in the very first couple pages where it talks about how there was a exhibition or an exhibit an exhibit whatever in new york called artists man and wife and Pollock and Lee Krasner were a part of this. And so essentially, you know, what it was, it was artist couples and it would show them the man's work and then the wife's work. But even in the name, it was man and wife, you mm-hmm. know, like they could be a man and exist in them as themselves. <laughs> but then it was wife, not man and woman or husband and husband wife. and wife. It was man so and wife. Up. So she talks about, like I said, I've just read her introduction to the book and it makes me really excited to read the rest of the books, but it's kind of like it turned into like, here's this great man artist and oh, look, his wife paints too, you know, mm-hmm. um, but here is a review that was from the New York Times of that. So it said, here are works by well-known painter husbands and their wives, said the New York Times. On the whole, husbands are the more adventurous, giving ideas their heads giving ideas their heads, whereas the wives are apt to hold them back by the short reins of the particular scheme of design or color on which they are based. This is noticeably true of Jackson Pollock's as opposed to Lee Krasner's conglomeration of little forms. So when they had a show that was like supposed to be like, wow, artists like here are couples in the reviews and even just in the name, you know, and also and it says later here that like there was no consideration of the fact that Pollock and Kresner were trying to do different things you know like they were just doing different things and displaying it in the show but yep so New York that's Times so messed up definitely yeah. favored Pollock <laughs> over Krasner I will say like they do have very similar style styles but hers was a lot more representative and his was mm. a lot more like sporadic artistic inspiration kind of got it so yeah they were trying to do different things they just ended up having very similar styles or ways of doing it, I guess. I actually like her stuff more. Ooh. And not just because she's a woman. Like, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that because I was like, oh, people are going to be like, oh, you just like her more because she's, she's a girl. A woman. Yeah. No, I actually like, I think her stuff is a lot more dimensional and kind of more cool. But cool. Well, I'm yeah. going to look at their paintings now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's another couple where she did not deserve to be overshadowed in the way that she was. Yeah. This next little bit isn't so much of couples, but it's just situations where men got credit for women's work. And Mm -hmm. so this goes back to the 12th century. So Trota of Salerno, I think is what it says. So it was an author of a gynecology handbook on the sufferings of women. And for centuries, scholars falsely assumed that it was a man when in reality it was (laughs) actually a woman. Oh my gosh. That reminds me. There's actually... Uh, if I can find it, I'll have to link this. There is a YouTube video I found where there was a female artist's paintings who were hanging mm-hmm. in the Louvre, and it was falsely credited mm-hmm. as a man's artwork. Oh, yeah. For, like, years and years and years and years until finally someone was like, that's not his. 
And they were like, what? And then they realized it was hers. So. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just shows as long as people think it's a man, then it'll be great. There you go. And then this next one is R&B singer Willie Mae or Big Mama Thornton. So she was the first to record the song Hound Dog, a country blues tune that was written especially for her. But Elvis Presley did a version that become became, you know, so much more faith famous later featured in the rock and roll hall of fame and this is kind of like the most prominent example of like a white person taking a song originally sung by um you know a black american or african-american and suddenly the song gets huge and that was a huge thing not even just like with women which is a whole thing like is a whole separate topic of the amount yeah. of songs that were written by and performed by black artists that white artists covered. And then that, the white version essentially of it became the hit. And That's like just really totally, annoying. you know, put aside the person who originally sang the song or originally wrote the song. And so there's one example kind of of Elvis covered that song. But but th- that yeah. song like shot Elvis Presley up to fame. Like we all mm-hmm. know that song. Yeah, I actually feel like that happens way too often with black and African-American culture in general. Oh, it just kind of absolutely. gets adopted into white society and then it becomes the thing. And then it becomes the thing after that. Yeah, yeah. which like is said. very messed up. Yeah, not even resulted to women. It's just, yeah. Anyways, yeah. go on. Oh, no, this last one that you had on there, I totally forgot. And they honestly probably deserve a whole episode too yeah. on this situation. Um, Zelda Fitzgerald and F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, he like stole from her letters and plagiarized his di- her diary. <laughs> yeah, and apparently that was while he was writing The Side of Paradise and The Great Gatsby. Yeah. He was plagiarizing from her diary. The Great Gatsby, that. which is by far one of the most famous books of American culture. It's one of my favorite novels. Yeah. And it's really sad to think that he just stole from her writing. Some of that was hers. <laughs> Yeah, and they were married, so mm-hmm. yeah, we probably could have covered more on that one too. But definitely look into it, and we'll have to do a, a future episode. Another episode. That. I even have a few more like outside of the arts that I'm just gonna list off really quick. Yeah. Um, Rosalind Franklin recently has been getting credit for her discovery of the double helix of DNA. DNA. Oh. But for a really long time, um, she was overshadowed by her partner that they worked on the project with. Uh Um, and they had to like go back and give the Nobel prize to both of them after her death, because I think at the time he only got it. Wow. (laughs) Which is super messed up. And then, um, Lise Meitner discovered nuclear fission, but it was credited with someone else. Also her partner on the job. Um, he omitted her name and when he received the prize in chemistry from the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences, it only went to him, which is messed up. Um, Heidi Lamar um, was the one who worked on the radio guidance system. Okay. And worked with a man on that one, actually a composer, George Antile. And it was for the military um but it was actually stolen from both of them (laughs) and patented by the government so it was stolen from her and him which is better than him stealing it primarily from her but but still sucks stolen from both of them yeah and that it actually that radio guidance system is the basis for wi-fi and bluetooth wireless technologies today 
Wow. So kind of sucks. Um, Margaret Knight invented the paper bag machine that like automatically folded and glued the paper bags. Okay. And a machinist visited the plant, saw what she was doing, and filed for a patent for her invention without her consent. Um, luckily, they were able to prove that she invented it because there was like literally millions of witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> and like it led to her ultimately being awarded the patent and future royalties, but still he tried to. Wow. Um, if you followed along with our 12 Days of Muse Miss, you'll know that Elizabeth Maggie invented Monopoly. Yeah. But actually, it was credited with Charles Darwo. Um, he ended up being called the – he was the first board game millionaire. Um, wow. And it was from a game that he stole from her. Yes. Like she – and I think it was called like – the landlord or something different the, the landlord's time? game yeah, yeah she called it the landlord's game he switched it to monopoly and sold her um her game invention to a for big her. game company yeah it eventually like they figured it out it led to his unemployment oh really? and all of that yeah but um kind of sucks that he's the one who popularized it when it was hers <laughs> yeah so luckily the patent did get back to her and parker brothers um purchased the patent from her and they gave her some of the um, the royalties from it. But honestly, it was only a rough total of about $500. <laughs> oh, nice. And that sucks because Monopoly is still on the shelves today. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like one of the most famous games ever. <laughs> yeah. And then Ada Lovelace helped with the invention of computer programming. Um, but often gets overlooked in history and all sorts of other things. There's a lot of debate about how much she really contributed to it. And so they... Probably more than what people think. So it gets overlooked all the time, which is awful. Candace Pert was neuroscience findings that she helped out with and also got overlooked for that one um, by like a doctor even quoting to her that that's how the game is played um, when she didn't get... Um, recognition for her achievements I just this makes me feel that like women are I'm like wow are women just like more moral and like, <laughs> yeah. less willing to like be a slimy horrible person and then their male counterparts are like mm, well I, I mean I if we're looking at purely statistics then yes <laughs> <laughs> that's why I am just like it's like that I keep thinking of, like the Lizzo like wow mm-hmm. like why men great till they gotta be great like yeah. this is this is just a very clear example of. yeah no it's sad it's it really sad. really sad and i mean there's not it's not to say that if the rules were reversed that there wouldn't have been women who screwed over men yeah. <laughs> like, over well, history I'm sure there's been many yes yeah but the hard part was is that with such a definite power imbalance mm-hmm. man it made it easy for men to just take credit for so many accomplishments and that's definitely what we'll be diving more into with our margaret Keene episode um it yes. was just too crazy of a story to throw in here i know it would have been like an hour and a half long episode with that story yeah too. and it's literally the perfect example of this of like a husband taking absolute credit for his wife's work and it mm-hmm. just ending up in the most horrible situation just awful 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 well i hope that 
you don't feel discouraged in love <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like i said we kind of figured out a way with, with valentine's day or whatever this could be a way to talk about couples in the art world and yeah sometimes sometimes relationships in men suck and yeah they do i think it's important to just remember to look for the good ones yes because like yeah like we have an episode coming up on good examples and there is like there's always going to be people who went above and beyond to try Mm -hmm. and make sure that their spouse was credited and like i think that that's an important thing in dating especially if any of you out there are dating to make sure that you're looking for people that will value your accomplishments yeah and that's no I think that's very true like above all like maybe not above all but it should be very high on your list that no matter who you're with that it's someone who recognizes that your contributions are equal and also isn't going to make you take a back seat Mm -hmm. for what they're doing and like, I would say that even for men looking at women. Yeah. And even like in non-traditional like straight relationships, like it should also happen in every relationship. Yeah. Any um, partner you're with, just like it needs yes. to be with someone who takes your work just as seriously as they're expecting you to take their work, you know, and wants to yes. triumph you and recognizes that either way, man, woman, woman, man, 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 you know, anything that both of your guys' success and credit helps both of you yes definitely um it's actually funny I saw someone post on their Instagram story and I texted Sadie about it but I want to mention it in here that they love to look at people that they're dating their Spotify playlists or their Mm -hmm. Spotify wrapped and if there are no female musicians or artists on it a lot of the times that's like a deal breaker for them because they're saying if they're not even willing to listen to female music and female voices, why would they pay any attention to me? Yeah. Well, I when people would post their Spotify wrapped, I was always like, huh, I wonder how many women are going to be there. And even like when I was in school and people mm-hmm. would talk about their famous artists, if I could recognize that like there was a man who was never bringing up a woman musician, it's like, it just like makes you think of like, are they going to be able to take my work seriously? Mm-hmm. Like... Or, like, even I was dating a guy. Like, he was a great guy, and, like, I don't... Like, I know he was a great guy, but, like, he only listened to men. And he was also a musician, and I was too. And I, in that relationship, I did not feel like... Because, like, I love Taylor Swift. I love the pop music. And I feel Mm -hmm. like he very much looked down on my music taste. And with that, I sometimes felt like he was looking down on my music. Yeah. Because it wasn't as refined and serious and, like artsy as his was you know what oh, i mean man yeah refined and serious yeah. <laughs> well i'm like sir i want to write pop songs for. i know yeah. <laughs> like I said, he was a right. great guy i don't want to like talk crap on him like he was a great mm-hmm. boyfriend whatever but like mm-hmm. in that way i did not like him <laughs> yeah but no i think that that's an especially important thing to do is make sure you find someone who's going to value your contributions pay attention to what you're saying and like mm-hmm. make sure that you're not like undervaluing yourself and that like mm-hmm. you're not getting screwed over when it comes to like yeah life and like yeah history and accomplishments like you need a partner who's willing to fight for you absolutely and I think that that's one of the saddest things in a lot of these stories is that they ended up with someone who was not willing to be their champion and like help them. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. And also like this can be also a thing, even if you guys are in very different fields, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, definitely. Jordan's political science <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. I'm music. But yet, you know, like that was so something that like I was very conscious of, especially after mm-hmm. like the previous relationship. I was like, I need someone who's going to really take what I do seriously. Mm-hmm. And he does. And so that's what you did. Like no matter what you're doing, no matter what they're doing, Yeah, exactly. Like find someone that's going to champion you no matter what. Yeah. And I think it's kind of sometimes even more fun if they're not in the same industry as you. Because then they literally think that you're like the best possible person (laughs) in your industry. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you're the absolute best graphic designer. And it's like, no, I'm not. But thank you. (laughs) Like, I really appreciate you saying that. That's not technically true. But like, thank you for being my cheerleader. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just important to find someone who who's gonna help make sure that you are getting your voice out there mm-hmm. and, and encourages yeah. you to do that and pushes mm-hmm. you to do that yeah I think that's what we all need in most people in our life we yeah <laughs> but especially your spouse if you're gonna tie your life to someone else they better be fighting for whoever you whoever is the quote-unquote love of your life partner <laughs> of your choosing like please mm-hmm. just let them take your artwork seriously like, yeah if anything yeah they need to and if they don't then either have a very serious conversation or run <laughs> yeah or like just evaluate who that person yeah. is and like if you really want to be dealing with that forever yeah especially if you're still dating I think that's mm-hmm. a very important thing to look at and make sure that you find someone who's willing to take you yeah. seriously you can so. settle on some things but do not ever <laughs> settle on that <laughs> No, because if they can't even take you seriously in your career, how are they going to take you seriously in anything? Anything. Like, you just don't want someone who's undervaluing your, like, contributions to stuff. That's just not the way to live your life. <laughs> no. No, that's exhausting. Yeah. It's not fun. And then, like, how no, can you create? Thanks. Like, you don't feel inspired to create when you feel like mm-hmm. the person who's supposed to care the most about you isn't going to hype you up. Yeah. Ugh, man man anyway we'll get off our little relationship soap boxes yes but i just i think it's very very it's very, very important, important. <laughs> especially the more you learn about couples throughout history it makes it even more important because yes. like how easy is it for your spouse to just like screw you yeah. over sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so make sure it doesn't happen with you yes let's all be smarter be picky as hell with your oh yeah definitely of course it's who you're tying your life to and like building your life with and that is a very important thing so yes agreed cool well stepping off the soapbox (laughs) yes we're done but thank you all for listening um i hope this wasn't too frustrating of an episode for you and maybe (laughs) it will help inspire you to like look at relationships differently or something yeah exactly yeah and of course, as usual, thank you for listening. Um, mm-hmm. We really appreciate everyone who continues to support the podcast and continue to listen. Um, you know, we love connecting with more people, more women artists. And yeah, we love it. We love talking to you guys each week. We definitely do. So thank you. We'll be back again next week with another episode. And of course, look out for that um, bonus episode on Margaret Keene. Yes. Um, yeah. And talk have to a you. great week. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. 
podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.